Hello everyone, welcome along to another VCO Esports studio with myself, Ben Constantjuris. It is the week after Le Mans 24 hours and actually for the first time in a horribly long time, I wasn't at the 24 hours, uh, which is a bit sad really, but uh, the, our guest tonight was and not only is he a massive esports racing uh, fan and effectively professional, but also he took part in the Le Mans 24 hours for real and therefore who better to talk to? Job van Oudert. Did I say your name correctly, Job? Job van Oudert. Uh, depends. Oudert. Well, okay, there we go. No, no, Job van Oudert. But that's fine for me if you pronounce it like that. Okay, cool. Um, firstly, uh, well done on Le Mans. How did it go for you? Well, it was a, quite a bizarre race for us. I would say that um we were like in the mix at the start basically leading in our class we are i'm driving in the lmp2 pro am championship which is uh, a championship where all the lmp2 cars have a bronze driver inside um, and i'm doing that with racing team netherlands basically by the superstar we were leading and then we had like a couple of setbacks setbacks basically dropping us back to 15 class and from that moment onwards we were yeah, chasing through the field and uh, in the end uh, I managed to get second place in basically the last 20 minutes. It was quite a, a hectic end because it would it was really tight like we had to push a lot. We closed the gap of three minutes to yeah, the number two and in the end we even finished within 30 seconds of the leader. Um, so it ended up being quite a tight race. Um, but yeah, great result in the end and really good for the championship as well. And how are you personally feeling after doing a 24-hour race? Does it take a lot out of you? Yeah, it's quite tough. Um, basically, you sleep one night only, I guess, one hour, maybe two hours max. Um, in general, like the adrenaline doesn't make you want to go to sleep, basically. Uh, even though you you try to recover as much as you can in between the stints, it's still pretty tough and also the driving itself of an LMP2 car is uh, yeah it's, it's physical and and you're in the car for uh, yeah nine hours I was in it same as Guido also nine hours and Fritz our teammate did six um, but we also always have to be on standby when Fritz is driving because you never know like if it starts raining it's more beneficial to put me or Guido in um, so yeah that also takes away a bit of the rest why we cannot always go back to our bed as soon as possible like on a, a pro car there it's it's easier basically because you just say okay every all the three are basically capable of doing uh, the same job um but in our car it's not not that way so you always someone of the, me and guido has to be ready and that makes it pretty tough must be super cool to have uh, Guido van der Garde uh, and Fritz van Erde's teammates for two totally different reasons because Fritz is uh, a bronze driver but a massive motorsport fanatic he's competed in all kinds of different things he owns all kinds of different racing cars and then I mean for me aged 32 uh, no I'm a bit older than that actually um, Guido van der Garde was a bit of a legend for me because he was world karting champion when I was karting so those two guys must be great fun to have around yeah, Guido is a, a super guy, you know, it's always a bit of a a dream also for me when you're smaller to, to even get to know him, basically. And now later on, you're racing with him together in the same car. We're really good mates now, uh, get along very well. Uh, also Fritz, like he's been supporting me for a long time in my racing career, but 
yeah, it's uh, also a huge businessman in, in Holland, very well known for uh, his supermarkets. Um, and yeah, he's doing a mega job with all of that and even combining it with the world championship uh, endurance racing. So just always a pleasure to be with them. Uh, Fritz is a person who, for example, never runs out of energy. He, he creates energy with doing what he loves. So um, yeah, if it's not the supermarket, it's with, with racing and, and he's just always, always on it. Uh, and also Guido is, I've never seen him sad. I've never seen him unhappy and um, <laughs> it's always a pleasure to be with him. Always a big laugh. I always feel like the whole of Holland's like that. Everyone seems to be smiling. Any Dutch racing driver I know seems to be always a bit of a card and, and having a great time. Um, I see over uh, your shoulder there, you've got a 24-hour trophy. Which one's that? That's from uh, from last weekend when we finished second. I just took it with me on holiday, so that's why I have it with me standing here <laughs> okay. on our holiday. I so just we've, been, went we've interrupted your holiday, have we? No, not necessarily. It's part of my holiday now, I would say, because you have to do some duties after this. I cannot skip out and uh, and disappear from the world, I guess, in this period. Uh, but it's good. Like, I prefer to have it this way than uh, no one wants to talk to you and having a, like, after a bad result. So I guess it's positive. Uh, so that's a trophy from, from this year. Uh, you've yeah. actually experienced Le Mans in various different ways for a few years now. Yeah, yeah. The previous two years I was uh, with G-Drive Racing and with United Other Sports, but we were in the, like with a pro lineup, you would say, basically not with a gentleman. Uh, since this year is the first year that we have an, our own class inside LMP2, that, that's why you can see us now with a trophy, even though you're driving with a, with a gentleman driver. Um, but the previous years it was basically for the, for the lead in LMP2, both years were yeah, I would say very successful until the car broke, uh, which makes it quite tough because on paper we could have won the championship or, or the, I mean the race already twice. Uh, one race we were leading for 18 hours, the other race for 16 hours. Uh, but yeah, that's also Le Mans. Like sometimes you're you're unlucky and, and it just doesn't go your way when you have an engine failure or a, even like the mass cable of the starter, like it's a two euro piece of cable which broke down on our car and nothing you can do about it. Oh, but in the virtual world, you have a little bit more control over mechanical problems like that, a little bit more control. Um, and of course, you took part in, I think, what is universally thought of as the biggest sim racing event ever, the virtual 24 hours Le Mans last, uh, last yeah. June. Um, how does it compare? How, how do the two events compare? Yeah, I, I would say with the virtual Lamar, we also had our fair share of technical issues. Uh, my internet went out last uh, yeah last year, but it was a lot of fun. We did it just with the team, so we were with four pro drivers instead of two pro two sim, uh, which is in in hindsight really tough because yeah, if we looked at the work that for example. Uh, all the top sim teams put in it is is incredible because they're all yeah putting so much time and effort and their setups are so refined and for us just as four pro drivers trying to work everything out you just yeah, you just come short because it's not what we uh, daily do um but it was a lot of fun i would say that that the stints etc how you drive how you share it in the night is uh, very similar to what we do in real life 
and and that makes it fun to do and also a good training in the end because you are awake and you have to uh, yeah try to sleep in in the middle and re recover as much as you can and also it's it's still mentally really tough to be super focused because the sim is always just a little bit of a higher level than i would say in real life because on the sim you can exploit everything a little bit more and it needs to be all perfect and so that was the rf2 um 24-hour race that happened last june and uh rumors are we're going to get another one soon so look forward to to hearing about that on the vco esports studio shortly um but have you done any other 24-hour races for instance on iRacing because you do a lot of sim racing yeah i did the 24-hour of uh daytona once um and i think that's it i think i did one more one more race but we crashed after one hour so we just retired immediately but it's incredible how much time you put uh, put in it with the team to prepare everything and then you just you've done so many laps before you even start the race itself that once you just start the race you you, you do the same lap after lap after lap um yeah but it's it's fun it's good and also with friends and and yeah sim racing in that way is a great way also for people who never have the opportunity to race to still feel uh, what it is to to drive a car for a very long time even though it's virtually it's still very realistic and, and good to do and do you use your sim at home for uh, kind of training purposes I, I know that there was a couple of guys uh, who were racing uh, at the weekend who were consistently on iRacing the week before uh, on open yeah. servers trying to get as much used to traffic as possible yeah now personally i didn't do a lot of sim practice before this lemma um it has to do with a couple of things with time and i was just in the middle of getting a new pc etc so it just didn't work out but uh, in general i always prepare a lot uh, but i do this with with Atsik kerkhoff uh, probably know him from from redline um he has like a simulator which is really close to my house and i always go there with my teammate to prepare all the the lms rounds and then with fritz we we spend a lot of time on the sim as well to get fritz and especially ready and that's uh, that's what how we how we train a lot before all the races and what kind of simulator does does fritz have is it a very very high-end kind of team netherlands simulator or is it something that would be familiar to, to the kind of myself or people at home um it's exactly the same one as i have at my home but i would i would not say it's like the the logitech g27 setup that yeah that you can find <laughs> everywhere um yeah we we have got some some high-end sim uh because for us it's really important how we feel with the car and, and what the the feedback is not necessarily about what is yeah cheapest in a way like we we just need to have it as realistic as possible and um but yeah still it's all available for everyone and, and you've got some really great yeah screens and also simulator software programs like rf2 iRacing they're both though both like have a good feel um yeah it's it's quite doable for everyone i would say and interestingly hardware wise um holland seems to be really kind of leading the way with the companies small companies but still companies that are striving to be as realistic as possible and to provide you professional racing drivers with fantastic feel in the pedals and and feel in the steering wheel yeah they do a good job and i think that in holland 
well, for some reason, technology is quite has been quite good here. Uh, also, with all the universities we have, I think that that the level that what we can produce in Holland is is yeah high enough and 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 nice and always striving to be the best. Um, and that's also what you see in the sim racing world. Yeah, because some of the very very best drivers in the world, whether it be uh, whether it be Max, who's probably one of the best sim racers in the world as well as a Formula One driver, <laughs> Bono Huiz, uh, Rudy Van Buren, there are so many incredibly high end uh, yeah. drivers in the sim, sim racing world. Why do you, why do you think that is? Well, I don't know. Maybe Holland has a lot of nerds. No, I don't want to call sim racing. <laughs> that, that's not true. because they're also cool guys. <laughs> so no, do you I not class know. yourself it's... as a sim racer then? I prefer to class myself as a real life racing driver because that's what I do mostly. Uh, sim racing still okay. is for me a hobby and I, I like to do it, but it's not that I do it for uh, for a living or anything. So every bit yeah. of that I do with it is for fun. And uh, yeah, of course, I'm all very competitive if it comes to sim racing, but yeah, still the, the real life stuff is what I, what I like the most. Because ultimately it's... Di- it- we, when we all have a passion and we end up working in our passion, sometimes you take it so seriously you forget that actually this is something that you wanted to do as a kid. So, does the does the sim racing now provide you with that fun element and that ex- escape versus you know getting into Le Mans, the World Endurance Championship, the um, Sports Car WeatherTech Championship in America, which is now your job? Yeah. Yeah, well, the, the most fun, I guess everyone always has an racing when you go on a server with a lot of friends and you just pick the, the Mazda MX-5 and you start racing with each other. Like that's the, the most fun, at least I believe that I have on, had on iRacing uh, and I will always have it. Uh, like you just make a server and invite a lot of people and there you go. You have great racing and it's super easy. It's also, funnily enough, how I started with motorsport myself when I was... Uh, 15, I started in the, the Dutch Master MX-5 Cup. So that's also why probably I really enjoyed that car, how to drive it and how it feels. And it was just so easy and fun and not necessarily easy to go quick, but all like, it's not so high tech as a, like an LMP2 car. Um, but it, it just brings me back to the roots. I guess that other race drivers have that with karting, but I never been really a lot into karting. Um, so. Yeah, I have that with with the Mazda, for example, and and sim racing is just a great way to to have fun as well. It's not you don't always have to be serious, and yeah, you can just and create your own service and have fun there, and no one is going to say, "Are oh, you not allowed to do this or not?" Um, so yeah, I guess that sim racing is a, a great way to do that. And without that karting experience, which came first? Did the sim first, or your entrance into real racing and Mazdas? No, no, I I have some karting experience when I was like seven, eight years old. I did, uh, I think, one and a half years of competition, but then, then I stopped because my dad was racing himself and he preferred to, uh, yeah, for him <laughs> to race than for me to race, I would say. Um, and after that, it was quite quickly when I was young enough to get my racing license. I started racing on track and from there onwards, I went into uh i started basically doing sim racing when i was i would say 18 quite late but that's also when i got my nice sim etc and then it was also fun to race before it was just on the playstation and for playing the formula one games but 
yeah, in hindsight, that's not really like a super realistic simulator. Not really. Um, the no. motivation to, to go sim racing when you had a race license, was, was it really this is an extra way of testing or, or was it this is an extra this is a way to have fun or, or what was the reason why you ended up sim racing at the same time as really getting seriously involved in real racing? Yeah, it, it started with like uh, an NLP free model when I basically in Formula 4 you tested so much like there's not really a need to go to the sim a lot in my opinion at least because if you do 30 days of of testing on track you should have enough time to figure everything out and then at that time there was also not really an amazingly good uh, model for the f4 like now everything is so more refined and you just see year after year after year everything just becomes better and better um but it started basically in lmp3 when i made like our own custom-made model with, with Atze uh, to get prepared for all the ELMS rounds. Uh, that worked out really well. Like we won the championship that year. And, and from that moment onwards, I also installed iRacing secretly because Atze said, no, no, don't install all these things and, and just keep it, keep your PC for the LMP3 model. But I'm like, no, no, I want to have some fun as well. And that's, that's how it all started <laughs> with the, yeah, iRacing side as well. And he hasn't tried to get you uh signed up for redline or, or are you part of the redline team secretly no 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 he didn't he didn't ask me for redline <laughs> and uh i guess that's also not going to happen i'm not that mega on the sim that i would be part of redline i don't know I, i'm not sure i think it's all just a big club i think it just everyone's just there for a good time um as well as obviously yeah, doing incredibly well it's a good bunch of people also with our at Redline. I've always been with a group of friends and, and I've been with various teams, with sim racing teams over the, the past few years. Uh, so yeah, I, in the end, it's just where I have the most fun. I That's where I hang out. And then unless there is like an official race coming up uh, or a championship like this this year with the, with the virtual Lamar, then I'm teaming up with RAG. Um, and I'm busy now with them preparing that those races. Awesome, that's uh, that's really cool to hear. So you you're in you're in part of you're kind of part of a team. And I think if somebody was looking for a real world driver with decent sim experience, they'd be knocking on your door. Where, where do you think the where do you think the um, uh, the progress and the future lies in this relationship between the real world of sim racing, uh, the real world of real racing, sorry, and then uh, virtual racing, and how do you think this Le Mans marriage is a good thing or, or how do you see it progressing? I always think it's a good thing, but it's important to keep it also connecting to the people at home because in the end, sim racing is, is, is a way for us to, uh, to have fun, but it's, it's great for, like for the, the fans and people who sit at home and who want to race like the same cars that we are able to do. And, and with the skin of the, yeah, of the Yota car or the racing team Netherlands car, like that's that's passion like people have an emotion with it and they want to race with it and uh, that's also why for example all the skins on iRacing I think it's a great thing that you can pick your own brand or car or whatever you want to drive in and and just have fun and and go with it um, but that connection with the fans that needs to be yeah that's for me the the main priority that it's also easy to do and easy to uh, combine. Uh, that's also probably why the Formula One games are a huge success because in the end, 
it's very easy to pick up. You just put the CD in the PlayStation and, and there you go. Um, that's sometimes with, with RF2 always a little bit tougher, but they are, they're also now really working and with their new user interface, it, it's starting to become much easier and, and a lot better. So I would say that uh, everything is, is making progress in, in also the sim racing world. Job, thank you very much for joining us. I know that uh, it's a bit tricky straight after Le Mans to be able to get yourself in a position where you want to talk on camera. Uh, and thank you for <laughs> taking a bit of time out from your holiday. Uh, and also, no great to see the trophy behind you as well. Yeah, hopefully we get some more in the future. Um, but for now, it's uh, I'm happy to already have this one with me. And let's see what the future brings. Uh, I will keep pushing and also on the sim, maybe we get the one from the virtual Le Mans. That would be really cool as well. Absolutely. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. And as you know, every Tuesday evening now these days, eight o'clock here on the VTO Esports Studio channel, we have guests from all around the world, all different things. And there is this big announcement coming up about the virtual 24 hours of Le Mans. We don't know what it is, but be sure that we will have the news as soon as we get it. And, and we've already heard that Job will be participating. So until next week, enjoy your sim racing and thanks for joining us. Bye bye.